season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast. Today we've got Georgia native and 2024 South Carolina baseball commit. We got Eric Parker on the JKR podcast. Eric, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Glad to be here, to be honest. Glad to be here. Glad to, glad to have you. Glad to little, give you a little spotlight on your career, dig into your career a little bit. Uh, but no, before we dig into the baseball side of things, like I said before, there is, a little, there is one question I like to ask everybody I get on the podcast. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Eric Parker? All right. Um, <clears throat> I'm Eric Parker. Um, from Georgia. Uh been here most of my life. Grew up loving grew up loving uh baseball, basketball. Grew up in a basketball family. Uh I'm pretty cool, but I'm I'm very, very competitive when it comes to, like sports and like very small things. I'm very competitive. Uh yeah, I'm I'm just all around cool guy. Okay, perfect. So with you be, coming from a basketball family, are you still playing basketball now or are you kind of putting pretty much all your focus into baseball now that you're committed? Yeah, after um after I committed, I'm committed, I basically put it into basketball, started focusing more on my baseball future. Okay. So after you did kind of decide to hang up hang up the basketball shoes, quit playing basketball, uh did you see a, did you see your game evolve in baseball uh, a little bit faster than what it was when you were kind of uh, going between two sports? Oh uh, yeah, it it grew a lot. I had more time to focus on my uh my 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 baseball aspects and my basketball aspects, and it basically took off from there. Okay, so at this at this point in the off season, I know down there in Georgia, it's a little bit warmer here to where I'm at in Indiana. Uh, mm-hmm. But at this point in the off season, kind of what does that look like day to day? Like, are you practicing with your high school team, or what? What exactly does the off season look like right now? Um, off season is me lifting a lot of lifting. Working on my speed, my conditioning. I live uh, every day of the week. Um, I work with the high school also, but then I also do my own own uh, personal training. I go to uh, full count, um, and I work with um, Brian McCann. So, and I have a little, I have a info guy also, my coach, Coach Matt. And that's really the all season for me. Just a lot of works, reps, uh, get stronger and bigger, faster. So when you say Brian McCann, is that the Brian McCann that everyone knows of that played for the played for the Atlanta Braves? Uh, yes, it is. Okay, so when you're when you're around a guy like that, obviously, I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, I always was scared for the, when my home team, the Cubs, would play the Braves because I mean they'd have Freeman. Brian McCann was always that big name, that big bat in their lineup as well. So when you're around a guy like that who's had that much experience within Major League Baseball, like what are some different ways you're picking his brain, and like how are you just uh, just gaining as much knowledge as possible from a guy like that. Oh man, I'm just I'm just glad I could have him by my side, helping me get better. Uh, I asked him like, how do you like go through what he's going through like at my age and like what he did to get where he's at and like how he like prepared himself like big moments that I'm gonna get into myself this upcoming year and senior senior year next year. So with him being a catcher and you being a middle infielder, I take it he's kind of more of your hitting coach. Yeah, he's more of my hitting coach, yeah. Okay. So when did you start uh, training with him for hitting? 
Um, I started with his brother, Brad McCann. He also played at Clemson and played pro ball. I started with him, and I started hitting with Brian a little bit also. So I go in between them two a lot, helping me hit. They're similar hitters, you know, come from the same family and all, but it's just a blessing to be, like, around just such a big atmosphere with them. I'm sure. So what are, what are some of the key things that you've learned from Brian? And you said his brother's name is Brad? Yeah. Okay, so what are some of the key things you've learned from him too? Um, honestly, how to like carry myself because coming from just me being a, a big name right now at this young of an age, they taught me how to like, carry myself more, more mature and more like a, a big league guy. So they just helped me like mentally get better. Okay, so let's kind of dig in talking about hitting. Let's kind of dig into what your hitting approach is. Uh, so just kind of take us through your hitting approach. Um, it can be from when you're on the on deck circle, kind of watching the guy in front of you, watching the pitcher, um, all the way up until you're actually in the batter's box. So just kind of take us through what's going through your mind and what you're trying to do with each at bat. Oh yeah, so I'm on deck. I'm just looking for how he pitches the other guy and what he starts off with him, because I know mostly when they see me at 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 the play, the oh big Eric Parker or whatever that. Uh, Try to throw me off speed a lot. So I just watch how he pitches the guy in front of me. If he throws him a first pitch fastball, I'm going to sit the curveball. Um, then when I get the plate, I'm just locked in. Like, cancel everything out of my hairs. I'm just locked in at the plate, at the pitcher, at the baseball. Nothing else in my head besides hitting the ball hard anywhere. And when it comes to um, my approach, I mainly like to hit it. I try to stay inside the ball, hit it either oppo, mainly oppo, oppo, or either – um, right center gap. Yeah, and when it comes to two strike counts, I like to either either choke up the bat and I ease my swing down a little bit or I just spread out a little bit more and just try to stick with contact and less strikeouts. Okay. So when did that two-strike approach kind of come into play? Because I know a lot of times two-strike approach really doesn't come into play to when you hit potentially seventh, eighth grade. So when did yeah. that two-strike approach uh, kind of get started for you? And who was it that kind of got you started on that two-strike approach? Um, I started doing two-strike approach like at like my after my freshman year in the summertime because I had a lot of strikeouts in freshman year. So I decided to watch some pro guys like um, Mookie Best, Chokes up. Um, Brian McCann also did like a little choke up. Um, Cody Bellinger did some of that. Freddie Freeman did some of that. So I just watched like the pro guys and how they do their two track approach. And I just copied that into my following summer and my sophomore year in high school, and it it, it did pretty good. It helped me out very well. Yeah. So so digging into digging into just your hitting approach um, and just comparing yourself to like you said you said Mookie Betts, Brian McCann also choked up as well. Um, if you had to look at your entire game and kind of compare yourself to a guy who's in the major leagues right now, or even a minor league guy that you follow, or a guy who's in college that you know pretty well, um, who would be one or two guys that you could compare your game to um, just at this point where you're at in your career? Um, I can compare myself to um, Carlos Correa. Or Tim Anderson, just because of their um their athletic tall build, you know, Craig being like six four, that shortstop with a cannon can hit the ball real good. I just get a lot of uh a lot of talks about how I'm like more like Correa, I'm big body. And I just got and then I like the same game as him, so I guess that's one of the main guys that I really compare myself to now. Okay, so I know you're considered a primary middle infielder on perfect game. Um, so do you see yourself sticking at that short at shortstop, or could you see yourself moving to uh, the hot corner or even moving to second base when you move up to the next level? 
I have the confidence in myself that I can stay at shortstop no matter what's the um issue or whatnot. I think I can stay at shortstop. Okay. So if you were a scout watching your game, yeah, uh, just this could be on the field when you're at shortstop, could be in the dugout, or even when you're in the batter's box. Uh, what would be a personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? Um, I I like to say that um I'm a good defender, good hitter. Still need to mature more. Um, I get in my head sometimes. Um, then I need to um, be more consistent at the play with contact. And that I just need to get more stronger, more strong power in overall game. So digging into your mechanics a little bit, kind of take us through, uh, this could potentially have been stuff that you learned from Brian and Brad, the McCann family, or just stuff that you knew before. Just kind of take us through what your mechanics are uh, when you get up to that batter's box, just from all the way up to the load up to, to your follow through. Oh uh, yeah. So when I was younger, I had like an open stance, but then I figured out that's not doing me no good at all. Cause I was just trying to like look cool or whatnot. But then I uh, started seeing like some more like pro guys and it helped me get my feet together and just in like a stand in like a normal position. Um, up upcoming my sophomore year, um, Brian Brian and Brad helped me with um, my my right leg being more stationary and into the ground, um, less movement in my uh, knees, and that I need to use more legs. So, and when I go, I like to coil my like I coil my hip. I coil it back and I tighten up my um, core. And when I go to swing, I just – I release all the tightness in my body and my, and my core just go to the ball. And that creates more power, more quickness, more bat speed. And I like to lead, lead my hips and not my um, hands, creating less, you know, rollovers and topspin. And when I, and when I was little, I had to finish with, like, one hand or whatnot. But – now I finish with two hands. I finish with two hands. I finish high with two hands, and I go through the ball. Okay. So what are some of the biggest things you're wanting to work on um, these next these next two years before you head to South Carolina or potentially get drafted? I saw that list come out the other day where you were listed as a top 20 hitter in that 2024 draft class. Uh, but yeah. no, uh, so before you move up to the next level, I'll just say, what are some of the biggest things you're wanting to work on in your game? This could be defensively hitting or um, just really whatever. To be honest, I'm trying to keep on my my all-around game, my hitting, my speed, my defending, but I'm mainly trying to focus on me just, just getting stronger. That's what the scouts want to see, more powers and more power as I get older. So I'm working on that a lot in the gym. Every day, just, just getting better. Okay. So how are you going about getting stronger? Like, is there a certain workout routine that you're going about? I know you said you're hitting uh, hitting the weights pretty much every day. Uh, but what are some of the main things you go about? Or kind of just take us through what your weekly schedule is when it comes to just weight training. All right, so weekly schedule, uh, Monday, Monday through Friday, I get school and I have weight training at, after school. Uh, I leave school at like 12 o'clock early, give some food to me. Uh, I go hit, I go hit the high school or I go hit with like um, full count. And after full count, and then I, I go home, but Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go with my um, personal trainer when I like, I work on my speed and agility and like some power strength in me, like med balls, bench press, squats, all that little stuff just get me stronger. And then on Fridays, Fridays, I just hit all day Friday. Okay. And the weekend is like a chill day type of stuff. 
I'm sure. So, like I said earlier, you are listed as a middle infielder on Perfect Game, but I did see that video from All American Prospects. You throw an 89 last. What, what would that have been in last year or two years ago? Uh, that would be upcoming sophomore year. Yeah, okay. last year. Okay. So throw, you were throwing 89 miles an hour on the mound. Are you still on the mound right now, or are you kind of sticking to uh, just a position player right now? Yeah, I'm kind of sticking with just me being at shortstop right now. Okay. Um, so let's kind of move ahead. Let's kind of transition a little bit. Like I said, I mentioned that Padre scout team. So let's dig into your travel ball career a little bit, starting with that Padre scout team. Then we can go ahead and kind of transition to Aggies and the Ohio Warhawks as well. Uh, but just starting with the Padre scout team, how'd you get connected with them? Um, my, um, one of the, one of the coaches, um, Ray Johnson, he got in contact with me and my dad and he, he's the one that actually got me like most of my offers. Um, uh, with South Carolina, other like big schools, Clemson, Mississippi State, all the big schools or whatnot. Um, he talked to me a little bit, and I'm like, I'm down. Let's play. I played a tournament with them or so, but yeah, I I like it. You know, I'm glad he like helped me through my process with um, college and stuff. So I played with them. Okay. For a so how many how many tournaments overall have you played for the Padres compared to the Aggies and the Warhawks? Uh, I played with one for the um, Padres and one for the Aggies, and I played two full two full summers with the Warhawks. Okay, so when you're wearing that Padres scout team, you said you played one tournament with them. Uh, do you did you kind of feel that there was a potentially a bigger target on your back as you're walking around these tournament facilities? Uh, where where was the tournament when you're with the Padres? Uh, East Cobb. East Cobb. So when you're walking around East Cobb, do you kind of feel like there's a bigger bigger target? on your back compared to when you're with the Warhawks or the Aggies just because you're wearing that major league jersey? Oh, yeah, 100%. With, man, in kids see you rocking a pro team's jersey and hat whatnot, they see you as a, a big enemy. They're trying to take you down. So that was a big little hit, you know, just just team trying to, like, just go after you with more aggressiveness. Yeah. So playing for the Padre scout team for one tournament, the Aggies as well for a tournament, and then playing for the Warhawks for, you said, two full seasons. If you could kind of go about and kind of compare the way those three teams are ran and just kind of the your experience with all three, kind of take us through that comparison a little bit. Uh, yeah. So with the Warhawks, uh, it's that, that's a really good organization. As you know, um, a lot of big names went through there, Mookie Betts, uh, Freddie Freeman, a lot of big league guys go through there and well coached, well coached team. Uh, I love the coaches with all my heart, man. The players are like my boys. I love them to death. And I think that team was just like a brotherly team that I'm glad I got to stay with two summers with. And then the Aggies were just a team that I picked up with some of my own close friends, you know. Um, them being older than me and stuff. But I think that team was also a well coached team. Um, a lot of brotherhood there also. I like it there a lot. Padres, I like it there. I knew some people, but it wasn't really much of a brotherly team, you know. We didn't have much like connection or like good like group work. So yeah. and that was that probably because it was kind of a team where everyone kind of flies in and they meet each other the day of the tournament and it's kind of just yeah. play ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who were some of those other guys on that Padre scout team that you were playing with? Because I assume it's majority guys who are committed power five, correct? Oh yeah. Um they have Aiden Harris going to Virginia. Donovan Jeff Donovan Jeffrey going to uh, Miami, Domain Van going to Miami, uh, BJ Gibson going to Tennessee. It was a lot of dudes on that team, a lot of dudes. Yeah. 
So moving back into the Warhawks a little bit. So like you said, you mentioned Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman had played for them. Uh, another couple guys, Chris Bryant, Joey Gallo. Um, mm-hmm. So just with the Warhawks, with that type of team that they've had, those type of alumni, in your mind, just playing two full summers with them, like what do you think has led to their success? Uh, just kind of watching the way that that program's ran. Um, just their like their heart and so that they put into um, the players and the game of baseball. Like they treat the game of baseball with so much respect, and that has gotten them a long way. They've been around for like over fifty years, fifty years. So they're doing something right with the coaching and like just organization. I love it there, and they take the kids out. They pay for all the kids' food, jersey, gear, hotel room, and whatnot. They're just very loving, like or like organization that I'm glad I got to be with. So you talk about great coaching there. What is your relationship like with some of those coaches, the, the coaches for the Warhawks? Oh, man, Coach Rossi and Coach P, I know him for a while, probably like three years so far. Uh, I go to Coach Rossi, I was like mostly every like weekend, just like him, me, him, a few other players and his kids just kick it, you know. I love the coaches to death, man. It's just like basically like my dad's also, so yeah. like family. So as you head into your final year of travel ball, uh, being uh, going in from your junior to your senior year next summer, uh, what is your plan? You planning on playing for the Warhawks? I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a couple other events that you're going to be invited to and go do some cool stuff across the country. Uh, but when it comes to your actual travel team, what is your plan for that? Um, I actually decided to part away with the Warhawks um, a few, like a month ago. Um, it was tough, but... Um, I'm 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 playing with the uh, um, Orlando Scorpions, the Giant Scout team out of Florida. So I think that's a good move for me this summer. Okay. So what what are you looking forward to most of playing for the Giant Scout team? And how did you get connected with that with that uh, Giant Scout team? Um, the coach actually reached out to me. Uh, he talked to some of the PG guys about me, so he gave me a little a little text and started talking a lot. Uh, I like what I heard from them, and I think it was a better offer they gave me than I was going to be with the Warhawks. And I'm looking forward to just meeting, like, new guys, new coaches, new environment, because I can't stay in the same, same environment for, like, you know, too long. I need to yeah. get out more and see more people, more friends. So I think that's a good idea for me to get out there more. Yeah. So like I said, with you going into your senior, kind of your senior travel ball summer or junior, however you want to say it, you are going to be part of that class that is going to all these cool different events like PG National, uh, potentially PDP, um, some other cool things as well. Uh, what are you looking forward to most of uh, this coming up, this upcoming spring, when you're going to start getting some of those invites? Um, what are you looking forward to most of just participating in those type of events? Uh, I'm, I'm looking to have fun, you know. Uh, being being in those events are pretty cool, you know, because I've been to a select fest twice, so I might know it's cool, cool spirits, you know, just getting spoiled with all the gear and stuff. Meeting new people, meeting new friends, new players, new coaches, just getting some whole new experience and new like intake from like other like big league guys, big league coaches. So I think I'm looking forward to just having fun, just meeting new people. Yeah. So like you said, you were part of that Select Fest twice. I believe it was what in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Uh, so kind of take us through what that Select Fest was like and maybe just compare what it was like both of those years uh, going from your 13U season to 14U. Um, going from 13 to 14, it was a big change, you know, uh, 13, I was viewed, I was viewed mostly as like a pitcher or whatnot, but it was still a fun event, getting spoiled all the year stuff, um, meeting Luis, uh, Gonzalez, um, 
Flash, Gordon, all the big league guys that came before us. Uh, it was nice. It was nice experience. I, I loved it. Um, meet new people, new kids. It was fun. Yeah, going to 14U, I was more viewed as a shortstop, and I took that as more some more more of some respect that they gave me. And I rate OPG a lot. You know, I owed them a lot, so they gave me so much. They gave me so much credit. So I'm I'm thankful for PG. Yeah. So you mentioned that your first PG Select Fest, you were kind of known as a pitcher, and then that second year, you're more known as a shortstop. So what led into that, what led into that transition of you being more more known as a pitcher to shortstop to where now you're kind of just kind of focusing pretty much all on playing the shortstop. Um, you know, um, I was too hard when I was young, so I was viewed as a pitcher ever since I was little, but. Um, I got hurt. I got hurt that year, that fall when I went to PG. Uh, I tore my shoulder a little bit. I had a small tear in my shoulder, and that limited me from throwing. So that really drove me to just, like, get better at, like, my defensive skills and my hitting. So I put my all into that one year where I was hurt to just straight hitting and fielding. And that summer, I did really well. So hitting and fielding. So me getting invited to PG as a hitter, it really like made me proud of myself and all my teams I did. Yeah. So what does that day to day look like when you're at a PG Select Fest? And then did it differ kind of when you were a pitcher compared to when you were kind of invited as a position player? Oh uh, no, it was the same. You know, um, you arrive there, meet the coaches, meet the players, go to the players' lounge, play your PS5, PS4, ping pong, whatnot. Uh, then you um, next day you have a little workout on the on the pro field. Um, yeah, my 13 year, we were at the AAA Park of the Dodgers in OKC. And then my 14 year, we went to um, JetBlue to spring training for the Red Sox. You know, that was nice. And then we also traveled to the um, Twin Stadium, the Twin Spring Training Stadium, on my 14 year also. And it was, it was nice. And then you go work out, come back to the hotel, have a ceremony your awards or whatnot, your awards, your achievements. They talk about all the players and what they did over the um, summer and how they got here. And then after that, you have a little feast. And then you go to your room, wake up for a big day um, of the actual game. A lot of a, a lot of television. Um, yeah, and then after the game, you just chill for the rest of the night, have fun with the kids. Okay. So you mentioned that you got to meet with Luis Gonzalez, and D Gordon, when you were there at the Select Fest, obviously being in relationship with Brian McCann as well, I'm sure there are potentially some other ex Major League ball players that you've gotten to build some sort of relationship like uh, with. But what's kind of been most the most value that you've taken from a guy like that who has played pro ball for a while or just had quite a bit of experience at that upper level? Um, just what's what's some of the most valuable information you've gotten so far? Oh um, yeah, like I said before, um, all the all the pro guys have seen see that we uh, kids my age had the talent that they most likely didn't have at their age, so they just giving us more advice with our mental health, our personality, and our aspect of the game. So them showing us how to respect the game and how to play the game the right way, and carrying it with them a good maturity, like a big league maturity, throughout your um throughout your years, um. That's the biggest aspect that I, I got out of all of the um, okay. coaches. All right. So let's transition a little bit to the high school side of things more rather than travel ball. 
Um, so what would you say would be tougher last year when you were a underclassman sophomore playing at that Georgia varsity high school level? How would you compare that to uh, when you're playing the top tier talent of your age group playing travel ball? What would you say would be tougher and kind of how would you compare that? Um, I think I think um, I think for me, um, I think I see a, a lot of more a lot of more like people coming at me more in summertime because, you know, people in summertime are like, oh, yeah, I got to get them, you know. They go at me more. And I like that, you know. I like seeing people going at me more competitive than me. I see a lot of fastball, a lot of, like, pitch I can hit, you know, like some real talent. Summer ball, it's like kids, like, you know, like they see me at soccer, a lot of commit. Uh, they get, you know, a little nervous. and like They just don't, like, you know, pitch to me for real. like a lot of off speed, a lot of loopy stuff. Man, I don't really like that stuff. It just wasn't, I just think high school wasn't as much fun as summer ball was because just the, the competition. Yeah. And I'm sure. And I mean, I get that answer quite a bit when I, because whenever I get a guy who's like, was an underclassman, I, I generally ask him like what it's, how do they compare playing up against the older kids um, uh, in high school compared to playing like age, like top tier talent in their age group. And that's what most people say is like, obviously if you're committed to a power five, most guys who are just your average Joe uh, playing baseball, I mean, they're going to try to pitch around you or find a way for you not to hurt them. So, I mean, that's a common answer I get. Uh, but no, so what, what was last season like for you guys at North Gwinnett? I know you said before we kind of started recording, I mean, you guys have a bunch of college commits, also have Eli Pitts as well. We can dig into that here in a second too. Uh, but no, just kind of take us through what last season was like and maybe what the outlook is on this upcoming season. Um, last year we started off strong. Um, our team actually ended the season with a combined 42, 43 home runs. So that was a real good year for us, you know, coming out as a power-hitting team. As many as many teams thought that we weren't going to be like that much of a power-hitting team. But I think we did a, we had a really good year compared to my freshman year. We had a really good year, finished 30-something in 10. Um, lost in the lead eight to a tough at all team game three. But I think we, we learned a lot from just that game three. And we're coming, we're coming differently this year. Coming differently, um, new mindset, new approach. Uh, just trying to get better. Yeah. So on that North Gwinnett team, besides yourself, this upcoming spring, people are watching Georgia high school baseball. They decide to go to uh, it, how do how do I pronounce it? Am I saying it right when I say Gwinnett? Yeah, Gwinnett. Yeah. Okay. So people say they want to go to a North Gwinnett high school baseball game. Besides you, obviously, like I said, you got Eli Pitts as well. But who are some other guys on that roster that people should be looking out for? Yeah, like, like I said, they should be looking out for that sophomore pitcher, Ryan. Oh, that kid is a, a freaking athlete. Coming from football to baseball both years, shoving. Uh, came up big for us in playoffs. First round against Denmark. Uh, he started, he started game three as a freshman last year. So come out like that, shove against Denmark, a very good team. Um, I think they should keep an eye on, on him. Also Eli, of course, a uh, big name as well in his class. Um, and also center fielder, Walford commit, Tyler Buck. That kid can fly in the outfield. Um, he looks skinny, but that kid got some pop in his back. You know, he had five more months last year as well. Uh, I think he's a really good athlete. I think, I think he could go – better than law for it, to be honest, but okay. I think so he, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I think he'll be, I, I think he'll be a big aspect in our success this year. Okay. So you said he had five home runs. So like, what is tech technically in a normal season in Georgia? What is it? What is like a normal, like leader in your conference or leader in your region? Like how many home runs is that? 
Um, in, in, in seven days, like seven days, probably like twelve to thirteen. Like at like a high as twelve to thirteen. Um, I think, I think one of our North Gwinnett like our grads, uh, Corey Collins, at Georgia right now. Uh, he had I think twenty something home runs, but that mm. kid was insane. Yeah, he he was insane. Uh, Georgia right here, Georgia right now. So, yeah, I think the highs right now is like thirteen, like as right now. But okay, so how would you compare? How how would you talk about Georgia, like just Georgia high school baseball in general when it comes to the competition wise? So whenever I talk to players, I kind of name five states when it comes to just that top tier of high school baseball talent. It goes Texas, Cali, Florida, Georgia, and Arizona. Obviously, with Georgia being in there. I mean, I give Georgia big props. I mean, you guys had Tamar Johnson, Andrew Jones. Um, I'm sure I'm Jack. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a couple guys as well who were drafted. Cam Collier, some guys who were drafted in the first round last year. And you guys have been producing a tons of baseball talent these past couple of years. Um, yeah. So when you just look at just like the uh, the talent in general when it comes to your region, your district, how would you talk about Georgia high school baseball competition wise? Man, that's a scholar's dream just to come down to Georgia, see all the talent. I don't think there's no school or no team without like somebody that's so talented that they can be somewhere else, like be at a good college, at, at a good, a good pro ball team. I think Georgia just has just beast in the state. Like as you said, Cam, Drew, Tamar, and me being able to um, play play against them and, and learn from them sometimes. I also hit with Drew uh, last year with um, full count. I have sometimes. Uh, also, also learn from him is like a big thing. Also. Uh, got close with him a lot, so I think Georgia's talent is just like top, just, just top notch. Yeah, and more competitive. Yeah. So with Drew being two years older than you, kind of going through the process of being selected in the first round, which is a possibility for you. Um, who who knows what happens these next two years? Uh, but with him just kind of being two years older than you, you and kind of being closer in age between some of those other formerly former major league ball players. Uh, what are some different things that you take from him and just some different questions you ask him as he's gone through this process of getting drafted? And I don't believe he played this year, right? Because he got injured kind of shortly after the draft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, just what are some ways that you're picking his brain uh, just because he has gone through this process a little bit uh, a couple years ahead of you? To be, honest, I, to be honest, I just ask him, like, how does it feel to be in the first-round pick, man? I mean, it got to feel amazing, to be honest. I mean, man, first-round pick. Kind of feel good, you know. Ask him, ask him what it's like. How, like, how do you do it now? Like, you know, how do you live from here? So, is he expected to be number one? You think, or uh, you think uh, he was expecting at number two with the Diamondbacks? I, I thought he was going to go one until I, I heard a little chatter about like money situation. So, Holiday got the first pick. So, yeah, it is what uh, it is, though. Yeah. So we mentioned, we, we both talked about Eli Pitts there for a second. Also another South Carolina commit plays for you in high school ball. Uh, so kind of take us through your relationship you have with Eli, uh, just being a year younger than you and kind of how did your recruiting process uh, kind of play a role in his, like uh, during the timeline wise, like who committed first, uh, just kind of take us through that relationship. Oh man, me and Eli have been buddies since we were like six, six or five playing with each other. All that time, I knew him for a while now. Uh, been best buzz ever since. Um, and I committed. I committed walking into my freshman year, and he committed like two weeks after me. So he was in eighth grade when he committed. Uh, I think just me having just me and him having that like long time relationship really helped with like both our recruiting process. So I'm just glad he made the right choice about South Carolina. 
Yeah, I mean, South Carolina is a good school. Um, yeah. it seems like it seems like all you Georgia guys are, are committed there. I know uh, yeah. Cannon Golden's not committed there anymore, but he was for a while. I, I remember yeah. when I talked to him, we talked about the South Carolina coaching staff and kind of just their uh, program in general. I'm actually I'm trying to get Eli on the podcast. So um, the, uh, one of the advisors who's going after him, I'm really I'm like really close with. He's kind of like my mentor. And yeah. Um, he said, he said, he's going to mention something to Eli. So let's see, we might get him on the podcast as well. Uh, but no, let's kind of, let's kind of dig into the recruiting process there a little bit. So you said you committed your freshman year before you even played a high school baseball game. Uh, so just kind of take us through the recruiting process, kind of how it got started for you and when you started getting noticed by some division one teams. Um, I would say, um, beginning of my going to my eighth grade summer, spring ball, summertime, um, Started talking to this guy, Ray Johnson, who who owns Padre Scout team. Uh, he started noticing my talent, and he started putting me out there more to uh, see college guys. And college started to reach out to me, and I started making Twitter, posting some videos on Twitter, getting scouts to look at me more. And then when I started playing in, in the summertime, they started coming. They just started rolling in real quick. Calls, a lot of calls. Um getting to meet them in person and all. It was, it was just fun, you know. It was a fun experience that I'm glad I had early, at an early age, you know. It was just a blessing. Yeah. So take us through that first team, that first team that got in contact with you, because I'm sure you remember it. Uh, take us through just that first day when that first college coach reaches out and it's just like, I'm sure your mind was blown. So just take us through that a little bit. Yeah, actually, uh, Oklahoma State. Um, it was Marty Lee. Um Oklahoma State, or was it either Oklahoma State or Oklahoma? I think it was Oklahoma. Um, yeah, it was, it was Oklahoma. Uh, my friend Bryce Clavon, um, he was going to um, Oklahoma as well, so we are pretty tight. Uh, his dad talked to the coach about me, you know. And I'm pretty sure it was Clay Overcash. Overcash. I think it was Coach Overcash. Uh, we had a good little talk, talk about my family, what I look for in the college and how I feel, how I play. And, you know, that first call, man, I was just a hype, man. I started bragging and stuff, man. I was just – I was a little bragger about that. Yeah, it was just it was just exciting just having that first talk with a, high, with a high D1 school. Yeah. So you said in that initial conversation, you said Coach Overcash is his name? Yeah. So you said he asked you what you're looking for in a high school. I mean, sorry, what you're looking for in a college. Uh, but at that point, like, I mean, I mean, you're still not even in high school yet. So what's going through your mind? What are you kind of looking for in a college when you're still four years away at that point? Um, I'm, I was looking for, like, somewhere I could find, like, just just a family, a good hospitality, good nature to it, a good environment. Um, and I think many schools had that for me, you know, um, my family, I got family in South Carolina. Uh, I, got, I also have family in um, Louisiana, and LSU was, like, one of my top choices. So just me, like, getting that experience. And I, I just wanted to see where I could fit in as a player and as a as kind of a son to, like, the coaches and all. So, Okay. So besides South Carolina, besides Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, like you mentioned, LSU as well, um, who were some of those other schools that were kind of in on you from the beginning uh, in between your eighth grade and freshman year? Um, I started – I had a little talk with Vandy, um, talking with Clemson. Uh, I was about to start talking to Georgia. Um, I talked with Mississippi State. Uh, had a talk – I had a talk with um, 
I was about to talk with UNC until I committed, uh, started talking to Oregon. Yeah, just like a lot of those schools I started talking to. So while you were talking to some of those teams, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, some of those other schools you just mentioned, uh, what were some of those initial conversations like? Did they kind of all stay around the same or did some of the schools kind of have different ways of going about it? Um, some schools had different ways of going about it, but the, the um, teams that I found more like interested was teams that, that just talked about me, like just like my regular day and like how I'm doing, how I'm feeling, like just like in my family, like asked me more about myself instead of like baseball, you know, more like personal stuff. I'm like, just feel like I could talk to them easier, like as like a friend or like a, a dad or something. So, yeah. And other schools talk mainly about baseball and not like your family aspect. So, so besides South Carolina, what were uh, were there a couple of schools that potentially finished second or third um, in that recruiting process that you were kind of seriously debating going to? Uh, I was thinking about going to LSU a lot, uh, LSU, and most likely Oklahoma State. Okay, so if you had to go about and kind of compare those three schools, South Carolina, LSU, Oklahoma State, uh, how would you compare them? And then what was that final thing that kind of just put South Carolina Carolina over the edge um, amongst LSU and Oklahoma State? Um, I think, yeah, um, LSU and South Carolina were very similar because um, just the family nature that they have and just me and just me having family from each day and me being there before, me just knowing the environment that they have already, uh, that was really like one of the top things that I just, I, I love. In Oklahoma, I just, I've been there for select fashion though. I've seen the stadium and all. Uh, that's one reason I fell in love with that. Uh yeah, I just think that LSU and South Carolina had the top edge. Okay. And then just me getting that offer from either school, I think South Carolina just had the better option for me. So do you remember that day when you kind of realized South Carolina was going to be the place for you? Kind of take us through that a little bit. Uh, actually, I was I, I had a I had a a, a little infield workout and then my my um one of the coaches that I that got me with uh, South Carolina, he told me that they wanted to call me in 15 minutes. I'm like, I'm in the middle of a fielding session, man. Like, what? So I had to take a minute from fielding, and they called me. I'm like, yo, what's up, coach? How you doing? All of that. Uh, and then I was surprised when he said, there's an offer me. Uh, got on FaceTime, showed the facility, uh, basically talked to me about the, the money situation, tuition, all that. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I gave it a week or two to, like, just think about it, and then that's when I made my decision. Okay. So have you gotten the chance to step on campus yet? Oh, uh, yeah, plenty of times. Um, I, My last time I went to – it was my um my visit. I went on my visit uh, when they – like, two weeks ago when they played on um, Tennessee and they won. So that was a good time to be on that field. I'm sure. So what, what was the atmosphere like going to watch some SEC football – uh, going and watching that South Carolina Tennessee game. It was nothing like I. There's nothing I've ever been through that was that electric and that like just hype. Like just seeing the underdog team took on a higher team and the underdog team winning, man. That was something that was amazing to see. Uh, it was a nice environment. Um, glad the coaches got us out there, and it's something I'll never forget. And I hope I'll see it more. I'm sure. So what what's some of the what's some of the favorite things you've seen uh, just going on your South Carolina visit? Uh, just what are some of the cool things that you've seen on campus or just throughout that town? Uh, what are some memorable things that you've seen so far? Um, just seeing like the dorms that I'll probably stay at. I think the dorms are like really top notch and well secured together. 
um, the weight room and the baseball field, to be honest. I, I love the baseball field. Um, it's beautiful just seeing the palm trees in the back of the field, Founders Park. It's just a beautiful sight that I can get used to seeing like every day of my yeah. life. So we talked about your relationship earlier with Eli Pitts, uh, but do you have any other relationships with some other South Carolina commits or even some guys who potentially just signed and are are, are a year older than you are right now? Uh, I have a good a good connection with um, a player that's already there, uh, Michael Braswell, played shortstop for them already. He pitched for them. He won, I'm pretty sure he won freshman at SEC. Um, and then – and then a kid in my kid younger than me, Jim Jikasua, uh, he committed like I think last year, year before last year. Um, just me getting to know them guys and picking picking Braswell's brain of how it's like at Sacramento like really helped me out. And I think that since he's there, I think I'll be like more like comfortable with there also uh, having a close friend there. So I think that's a good thing. Okay, so. Um, I know you said your relationship with that South Carolina coaching staff was pretty solid before you committed, uh, but how has it evolved over time since you've committed? And then September 1st this past year with you being a junior, kind of how has that kind of changed things to where it makes it easier to communicate with that coaching staff? Um, it's It got better. It got easier to talk to them more. Uh, I talk to them like mostly every week, probably every day at least. Uh, just being able to call them and talk to them about anything, ask them a question, or just tell them what's up. It's, it's really amazing. And it gets the connection and, and the bond more stronger. As when I get there, it'll be already a tight bond. Yeah. All right. So let's transition a little bit to the advisor selection process. Like I said, that's what I'm trying to be once I graduate from school here in a couple of years. So when I get a player on, um, I like to get the player side of things and why they chose their advisor, how advisors reached out, stuff like that. Um, so when was it that advisors kind of started reaching out to you? Um, I started getting some talking advisors um, freshman year, uh, freshman yeah freshman year summer, after my freshman year of high school and going into my summer, uh, a lot of agents and scouts came to my games more, so I popped off. So had a few agents in my um, in my interest talking to me a lot, so that was good. Okay. So as you're going through the advisor selection process, how did some of these guys go about building relationships with you? Did they kind of shoot you texts throughout the week, give you potentially give you a call or just kind of go out to dinner? Kind of what was that relationship building process like? Cause I know to choose an advisor, you have to build trust. Um, yeah. So what was, so what was some of the ways some of the guys went about building relationships? Um, just me being able to like talk to them a lot. Um, and a few of them did come over for dinner, uh, talking about what my situation is and how they would help me in, like, upcoming draft or whatnot. And also just done having the experience of the pro league and having other other agents or well, other um, prospects that they have in touch in, in the big leagues. And also many of my friends have the same advisor as me, so that's a good thing. Okay. So as you were going through the process of picking an advisor or an agent, uh, what were some of the key things that you were looking for? I look for trust and the ability to help me out in the long run. Uh, trust is a big part, but also them not trying to like, you know, screw me over or nothing like that. So I found that in my agent real easily. Yeah. So as you were going through the selection process, what was maybe the most memorable thing that you saw that reached out in a good way or even a bad way with an advisor that you potentially didn't choose when it came time to uh, choose your advisor? Um, 
Um, one bad uh, a bad thing is that uh, me just realizing that I chose the right guy. Um, another guy that I didn't choose, uh, he really messed up a, a draft player's uh, money. So I'm glad I didn't choose him because he probably made me mad or something. So glad I didn't choose him. Okay. All right, man. So um, just a couple more questions here for you. Uh, we'll kind of move away from the field a little bit. Before that, got one question. So like I said, I did see your name on that top 20 um, prospects list for that 2024 draft. Um, so when you're when you're scrolling through Instagram or whatever happens to be, and you see an article like that or a post like that, and you see your name a part of that, like kind of what goes through your head? And what's that like seeing your name among some of those other guys who are also projected to be a first, second round pick um, there in 2024 or even go dominate at that collegiate level if not selected? Uh, to be honest, uh, sometimes I wouldn't like it, to be honest. I don't like being, being like, not, like, if if I'm not one, I'm not satisfied. So, um, to be honest, I'm not, I was never satisfied with me being uh, 17th on that list. So, kind of gave me a motive, another motive to get better, man. I mean, seeing all them rankings, me not being, like, top five or top ten still gives me a drive, man. I don't like not being up there, like, top ten or whatnot. So, I just get drive for that. Yeah, well, there's that there's that competitive competitive nature yeah. we talked about. There's that there, uh, but no, just a couple more questions here. I'm moving away from the baseball field a little bit. Like I said, I like to give you guys a platform to talk about yourselves more than just the baseball player. Give the fans a chance to um, see how you were like off the field. Uh, so when you weren't playing baseball, what would you say are some of your passions that you have beyond the field? Um, off the field, I just either work out or I just come home play the game. Or I even just go out with my friends and just chill, um, chill with my friends, family, or I just watch some some NFL football. Like I'm, I've been watching my favorite team play the Steelers in like two hours, so that that's one thing I like doing in okay. my free time. So what what is it? What are some things to do besides you know playing video games, going to play football, or hanging out with your friends? Uh, what are some different things to do in in Gwinnett or North Gwinnett, however that town is called? Uh, North Gwinnett. Uh, Kind of a big spot, you know, a lot of spots to eat at. And there's a, the big mall is like down the street from me. So I go to the mall or whatnot, uh, movie theaters, places to eat, big restaurants. So a lot, a lot of spots to like just hang out and eat at, you know. Okay. All right. So what, obviously you're a very competitive person. Um, whenever you say you're not number one, you, you aren't satisfied, you want to keep going. Uh, but besides that, what are some other things that just motivate you just to get up every morning, go win the day, uh, go get better, 1% better or whatever you like to call it. Uh, just what is it that motivates you every single day to get, get up and get better? Um, just seeing my family just fight for me, man. Uh, seeing, seeing what my parents have been through and what they're going through now with just helping me just, push me to another motive to just have them stop working and I'll just take care of them myself. You know, uh, mainly my parents and my family just give me that drive every day. Okay. So what, so what would it be 20 years down, 20, 25 years down the road? Perfect picture. You keep motivating yourself to get better. Everything goes right. What is that perfect picture of your life in 20, 25 years from now? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking to be um, close to a billionaire. 25 years from now, I'll probably, I'll be uh 30 or 40, 37 or 34 years old. So I think by then I'll probably be a cool millionaire or billionaire that invested his money in something very good, um, paying for my mother's 
my dad and my mom's bills, rent, whatever, whatever they need, I'm, I'm there for them. And my sister as well, paying for them, just take care of them. That's all. Okay. All right, man. Well, down to that last question. So when you do head to South Carolina, you're going to get that chance to capitalize off your name, image, and likeness. New thing that NCAA came out. I'm sure you've heard about it before. I'm sure you've kind of um, got some knowledge about it a little bit. Uh, but what what would be one dream brand that you would love to endorse or collaborate with when you do get that chance to capitalize off your name, image, and likeness? Um, I think I like to have um Nike because I rock a lot of Nike. Like right now, I'm rocking a Nike hoodie, a jacket. I just like Nike a lot. I wear a lot of Nike, so I think I hope hope I'm good enough to be in that uh brand of their business and represent them well with the Nike check. Okay, is South Carolina a Nike school or are they they rep something uh, different? They're unarmed right now. They're unarmed, but their their contract with them ends this year, so. They have the option for Jordan or Nike, so we'll okay. see. All right, I love I love those Jordan those Jordan unis. Um, oh yeah, UNC. I think Michigan has them too. I think th- those are those are legit. Those are nice, but no man, that's that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I'll, I want to wish you the best of luck as you head into your junior, your senior season. Uh, head to South Carolina or potentially get drafted that 2024 draft. Whatever ends up happening, I want to wish you the best of luck. I'll definitely be following your career. And like I said, I'm going to be coming down to Georgia quite a bit these next couple of years, so I'm sure we'll run into each other at some point. Uh, get you some JK or podcast merch to wear around. Yeah, yeah, I will rock that. Awesome. But no, man, just uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you.